It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am John Corrales, one half of the Rain and Jays, the other half, Jay King, on his way back from Las Vegas after covering the team this week. Today, what we're going to do on the show is we're going to take a listen to a lot of what Brad Stevens has had to say this week. He addressed the media earlier this week in Las Vegas, talked about a number of topics, everything from uh, Al Horford, the pitch to Kevin Durant, Jared Sullinger, Jalen Brown, and Evan Turner. Lots to get to. We're going to hear stretches of Brad Stevens. I'm going to introduce them. I'm going to react to them. And then that'll be the show. So, uh, by the way, if you are listening to us for the first time, go to iTunes, go to Google Play, Audio Boom, uh, subscribe to the show, give us a rating. So, let's dive into this real quick. The first topic that we're going to discuss is the biggest topic so far in the Celtics offseason, the Al Horford signing. So let's listen to Brad Stevens talk about Al Horford and his fit in Boston. We, we have a great deal of respect for Al. We think he's a really good player. He's obviously a four-time All-Star, but beyond that, you know, his his presence in the locker room and and as a you know as a guy who's been there, done that to lead is is really a great thing. But in, ter- in terms of what you guys do, just how good a fit is he? Yeah, he's a good fit. There's no doubt about that. Um, but you know what? And I think that you know, I think that he'll help make our other guys better. And I think anytime you have a guy that again has achieved what he's achieved you know he can help share a lot of the tricks of the trades with others and we still have a very young team um you know he's our he's our uh i believe our only 30 year old and unless jonas is 30 now so jonas and amir are both 29 so we've talked about this a lot on the show al horford obviously going to be a good fit in boston he does so much we've talked about his ability to roll his ability to pop and working with Isaiah Thomas is going to be really great. The really interesting thing, this reminder from Brad Stevens, is that Al Horford at 30 years old instantly becomes the oldest player on the team with Amir Johnson and Jonas Jerebko both at 29 years old following behind. That's how young this Celtics team is. We're going to talk about the youth in a minute. But really interesting to see that this guy immediately comes in and immediately gives you that big, veteran, all-star presence. And he's going to be able to teach guys a lot. Look, Isaiah Thomas was an all-star last year, his first all-star appearance. Horford's been there. He's been there a lot. He's He's got four all-star appearances, I believe, under his belt at this point. He's got a lot of success in Atlanta. Not winning at all, but he's got a lot of success, and he's seen the league for a while. This is going to be good for teaching these young kids some lessons. Again, 
Very young team. He'll teach Isaiah some lessons. He'll teach uh, Jay Crowder some lessons. These guys are going to learn a lot from Al Horford, not just on the court, but off the court. So he's a great presence in the locker room around this team. And if you just see the way he carries himself, hear the way he talks, very professional guy, low-key guy, kind of fits with what the Celtics are trying to do. Now let's transition to this process of getting Al Horford. And Brad Stevens really addressed a lot of that from uh, the pitch to get Kevin Durant, what you tell the guy, uh, the guys when you're pitching them. That's how we're going to start. And then afterwards, the getting them and, and a little bit about missing out on Kevin Durant. But let's start right here with the pitch. This is who we are. Um, this is what we're about. Um, this is how we play. And this is, uh, you know, how how much I've enjoyed my transition to Boston. And so those are all major talking points for me. Obviously, I wasn't the only person in the room. Um, we had a, you know, I felt really good about all the preparation, um, the meetings that we had last weekend. And, you know, uh, for us to be able to, to walk out of last weekend with, you know, an all-star forward, um, you know, it's a heck of a weekend. Obviously, um, you know, with the, the whole Durant thing and everybody following that so closely, um, you know, I, I was excited about what we had at Cell and what we're talking about. And, and I do think that it's not falling on deaf ears around. How much preparation did you do for those meetings? I mean, you prepare, you prepare in the case that you are able to, to, to get a chance to sit down with people. You're always preparing, but that is more in a general sense. And then, you know, um, I think the biggest thing is, is about, you know, you, you talk about who you are and, and um, you know, certainly we show film of how we like to play and those types of things. And, you know, it's not hard to fit Al Horford or, you know, and Kevin Sink, Kevin Durant into the scheme. Like, that's not, that's not the way it works. You, you make your scheme around guys like that. And so that's, um, you know, it's, it's good to be, again, I, I'm really excited about, you know, getting Al on board. Wick said he thought that you guys may have been, you know, in the final two or final three for Durant. Just going, like, how much is that just a confidence boost for you guys in terms of, like, what you're building here? Uh, you know, in recruiting, finishing second is as you know as good as finishing thirtieth. So I think that there's a there's a it, it was it was great to have a chance to sit down. It's great to have a chance to spend time to to meet him and spend time with him. Anytime you're in the presence of a guy that's achieved that much, that certainly is is great. And I think he 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 probably left there saying, you know, there's a lot of good things going on in Boston. But at the same time, you know, hey, we're moving forward with the team we have, and uh, you know. We'll look forward to, to competing against them and, and crossing those bridges when we get there. Let's work backwards here on those answers. The question about the confidence boost, I really loved. A little bit of fire from him in saying that when you finish second, you might as well finish 30th. And I like that attitude because basically they didn't win. They didn't get Durant. But at the same time, he did say that he's excited about what, that process was like that you can tell from Durant's reactions that he probably left with the notion that good things are happening in Boston. It's just that better things were happening in Golden State and literally no other team in the NBA could compete with that. Hell, Team USA might not be able to compete with that. When you look at the way these rosters are made up, let's be real here. Golden State had a significant advantage 
in this weird time where the salary cap exploded and they a, a team that stacked had an opportunity to add a player like Durant. So it is what it is. But when when you look at the way that whole thing went, the pitch to Durant and to Al Horford, very straightforward. This is what we are. This is what we do. This is how we like to play. But with the added caveat that when you add guys who are that good, now obviously Durant is a lot better than Al Horford, but Al Horford is a really damn good player. When you add guys that are that good, you scheme around them. You don't try to fit them to a particular scheme. It just so happens that the Celtics scheme works with what Al Horford's trying to do. But in demonstrating how good of a coach he is, Brad Stevens explains very well how when you get certain players, you adjust, you change your style. And my contrast is a guy that I like to get on, that Phil Jackson, the the pigeonholing of the that uh, triangle system, and trying so hard to build teams around that system, I don't think that works anymore. And I think he happened to get into uh, a few circumstances where he could pull that system off. He just happened to have also Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. However. The system and another system guy, Mike D'Antoni. With the right players, that system can work. But if, if you are a system guy and you're constantly trying to get guys that fit that system, you're not going to succeed. You're not going to have that ultimate success. When you have that attitude that you build your system around the talent that you have, that is a big deal. That is the sign of a great coach. Greg Popovich is a great example of that. The Spurs were a, a knock them down defensive team. And then when they won their title a couple years ago, they focused a lot more on offense that they had in the, than they had in the past because that's the team that they had and that's how they needed to win. So, yeah, you have your system, you have your principles, you have your the, the things you prefer to do, but you change as the situation dictates. And getting guys like Durant and Al Horford definitely change how – things dictate so that is uh, nice to hear and it really is nice to hear that guys are hearing good things about Boston that good impressions are being made because this is not the end of free agency free agency continues into next season and also there are trades to be made and guys who may be able to refuse trades or make it difficult to make that trade happen even though they don't have a no trade clause per se, they can make noise about not wanting to go to a certain place. And if the word is out that Boston is a great situation, then that makes those things a little more easier to do. So good stuff there from Brad Stevens on that topic. Now turning to the other free agency story, Jared Sullinger leaving. He did address that whole thing. I want to play a little bit. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Because Jared Sullinger was never a huge player for the Celtics. No pun intended, guys. No pun intended. But he was an important guy and a a guy that was seen as a potential piece for the future. He is now a Toronto Raptor. The guys yesterday addressed that. We've talked about it a little bit. But here's Brad Stevens on Jared Sullinger. I think Jared's a really good player, and I think and I think Jared will continue to be a really good player. Obviously, when we got Al, that that you know um, made us make hard decisions, and um, the, the, 
thing that stinks about that is is having to uh, you know move on and then move forward both for him and us and um, but he'll he'll do great and you know Jared's one of the more talented guys uh, being able to get the ball off the glass and he's got beautiful touch um, and he's a good guy and so I, I think he'll do well very diplomatic approach by coach Stevens there the reality here I think we've seen over the past couple of days is Jared Sullinger was probably not going to come back unless everything fell apart. Now, I'm sure there was more to it than just, oh, we've got Al Horford. Now we have to make a decision on Jared Sullinger. I kind of feel like having read the things that we've talked about, what the guys talked about yesterday with John Lucas and that interview, I kind of feel like that decision was made a long time ago, that they weren't comfortable with Jared Sullinger and the weight issue, and they they were never really going to bring him back unless it was absolutely necessary that Tyler Zeller had gotten an offer. He's still a restricted free agent. No rumblings on him at all. And just the thing about Sully is that I do believe that he has a lot of talent. I do think that kid can really be a good NBA player. I think that he's the kind of guy that can have a – 12, 13, 14 year career in the NBA if he gets right. And you just look at the picture, just Google his rookie picture. It's only a few years ago how skinny he is. And pictures of him now, something is not right. And I hope something clips clicks for him because I really think that he's got a lot of talent. I think his ability to rebound is really high for a guy his size. And he does have a nice touch around the basket. He can play in the post. He can step outside. He needs to improve his three-point shooting. I like the kid. I like him. I think he's got the right attitude. Uh, So I'm really pulling for him to figure it out. Maybe not necessarily next year in Toronto. Maybe he needs to go somewhere outside of the division to do that. But I think that he can be a pretty good player if, if, He does the work. Now let's transition into the young players here. Jalen Brown. Now, Jalen Brown today had a great game, another great game in Summer League after. So the first game in Utah and the last game right now in in Las Vegas, really good. 17 free throws apiece, showing some ability to get to the rim and not necessarily finish. He's still having some trouble finishing for the most part but get to the rim and draw fouls, that's a great way to score. How many times have we talked about Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart not getting to the line enough? That is a great way to become an elite scorer. Look at the greatest, the great scores. Look at the Celtics' leading scorer last year. Isaiah Thomas lived at the line. Look at one of the greater scorers in the NBA, James Harden, lives at the line. It's, I've talked about this formula before. It's not that hard. If you can get to the line a bunch, you get to the line 8 to 10 times and you shoot a good percentage, you got 8 points, 6 to 8 points, 7 points, 8 points, 9 points, right from the line. You're halfway to a 20-point game practically. You hit a couple of layups, you hit a couple of threes, next thing you know, you're right there. You're right there as a big-time scorer in the NBA. So uh, Jalen did show that ability again tonight. I think 
that knee was bothering him in a couple of games. He got that confidence back. So here is Brad Stevens talking about not only Jalen Brown, but some of the young guys. Doesn't mention them by name, but you know he's talking about Rozier and Hunter and some of the other draft picks and just guys, the young, the young team in general. Yeah, time will tell. He's 19, and, and the bottom line is, you know, I'm watching a lot of the 19-year-olds get more comfortable as the games go on, um, but none of them are knocking people's socks off right out of the gate. That's just the, the way it goes. And, you know, obviously he's got a great deal of talent. He's got a great deal to learn to be effective at this level, and we'll see. Time will tell. You guys have a pretty crowded, you know, bottom of the depth chart right now. The young guys still... How crucial again, you know, in terms of certainly just in terms of evaluating those guys, it's, figure out how you guys are going to move forward. It's really important. Yeah, it's really important. But we've had a lot more time with some of these guys than just the summer league games, you know. But um, but hey, that's the those are some of the issues you run into when you have nine picks and two drafts. Yeah, tell me about it, Brad. But here we are. They've made those picks, and now we've got to see how things work out. Jalen Brown obviously has a lot of potential. He is obviously super athletic. He can get to the rim against inferior defense. Now, the defense is really inferior in the summer league. I don't know how much of that he's going to see in the regular season. But the best thing here for him is the Celtics don't need him to contribute right away. So it's not like he's going against first-team defenses. He's going against benches, and he'll be doing it sporadically I don't think they're going to be asking him to do a ton which is good so he can still try to take advantage of situations in NBA situations at the NBA level so not necessarily a a main assignment so we'll see him continue to attack do the things that he can do well while learning the other things and then we'll see about other guys. We've talked about Terry Rozier, who I like a lot. I think his development has come along. He had another good game tonight. So that will will play out as training camp uh, progresses in, in a couple of months. We'll see where R.J. Hunter is. We'll see what's going on with uh, Gershon Yabusele because Brad Stevens said today during the game broadcast that nothing has been determined with him. He was asked directly about the draft and stash with with Yabu, and he said nothing has been determined. So I think they may be considering changing that stance. He was drafted with that intention, but look, they we talked about Sullinger a few minutes ago. This could be the guy who kind of takes over Sullinger's minutes without the pressure of playing a guy who's at the end of his rookie contract. He can kind of play his way in. So we'll see how that plays out. That's going to be an interesting thing because I like the way that kid plays. I just like the tools that he has. He's big. He's wide. He's a huge body. But he really is nimble. That dancing bear analogy really is very descriptive. It works for him. He can move really well for a guy his size. It's funny. It's almost like an NFL offensive lineman. You see these big, huge, like rhino-sized guys, and for these bursts, they they they're like ballerinas out there. They they just move. Their footwork is amazing for guys that size. It, it blows your mind. But he's got that, and he's got the ability to shoot, and very muscular, strong. Who knows what he turns into? But so far, hey, intriguing to say the least. So that's Brad on the young guys.
Now I want to finish up with a little story about Evan Turner, who, for those of you who don't know, uh, has had a pretty good relationship with Brad Stevens and with Brad Stevens' son, Evan Turner, was Brad's son's favorite player. And you'll hear him address it in this soundbite. But it's a really interesting take on Evan Turner and the signing. So let me just play this before I get too deep into it, and I'll react to it after. You know, I had actually talked to Evan, um, you know, earlier that day and uh, and and said, you know, let's talk again shortly because he, he knew that, that we were going to go and, and try to meet with Al and try to meet with Kevin. Um, and so he knew... He knew that going in. Danny was really honest with him in that, and, and then, um, and then, you know, I was fortunate enough to to hear about his deal uh, right before I got on the plane. And I guess I missed his call, but got a nice text, and my son got a really nice text from him. And you know, hey, like you know, th- there was a small party, certainly that's that's you know, um, sad to see guys go, and sad to see guys that have been a part of this not be a part of it anymore. But um, I mean, come on. When I saw that come across the, the deal, I was I was so happy for him. I mean, knowing where he was two years ago and knowing that he had really kind of, you know, came to Boston on the belief that this would be a good thing for his career, that makes you feel good. How much do you think, beginning to end, he actually improved? I think he improved, but I think this was about just believing in who he is and, and letting him be him and, um, and, and you know, kind of letting him know that you believe in him was, a, you know, and, uh, and I really enjoyed him. You know, I, I've said this many times, like he didn't come in one time and, you know, say anything about his role or not starting because he had started the whole year before. And, um, you know, he just said, I'm going to play my best when my opportunities come. And it's a great, it's a great, uh, lesson for our summer league players you know when we talk about hey you know you never know when you're going to get 10 minutes or 30 minutes but if you just handle it really well then good things will happen and Evan Evan I think a lot of people use Evan as an example of that that is so great that is just such a great story and a great way to look at things first of all the I mean come on line was really great because we knew the Celtics were never going to pay Evan Turner $70 million. So I'm sure when Brad looked down at his phone and saw the report, he had this moment of like, oh my God, good for him. And that's a great attitude for him to have. And I think something like that, the Evan Turner signing in Portland, is good for the Celtics and not in a snide way in which I may have approached Evan Turner's career Earlier on, I know I have evolved, and I uh, towards the end, Evan Turner was really obviously a very important piece to the Celtics. He struggled early on. I definitely had my problems with him, to say the least. This is where Jay King would just jump in and say, Oh, you think? But that aside, it's really good for Boston in the sense that Evan Turner was out of the league. He really was on the verge of being out of the league. That time in Indiana almost killed his NBA career. He was done. The Celtics picked him up, and over the course of a couple of years, he turned into a very important piece 
of a nearly 50-win team, an upstart team that was progressing along much quicker than most people thought. Really, when you look back on it, this rebuild shouldn't be this far along, this fast, especially when you look at what Philly has been going through. But by the end of his time here, and it wasn't a lot of time here, under Brad Stevens, he evolved into something really important and was rewarded, thanks to good timing, the best timing ever, with a massive contract. And that's important because guys around the NBA notice these things. And they know that when they go to Boston, they can raise their value. And when you're looking at guys who, look, money is money is important. This is a job. I know we all get caught up in the uh, loyalty and and. Look, we love we love that Celtics uniform, and it doesn't matter who parades through once you put on that uniform. We're pulling for you. But these are young men who don't necessarily have that loyalty, or really, they. I keep saying this on on our my shows. They have a short window to make as much money as they're going to make in their entire lifetime. Practically, imagine. Whatever it is that you do, that by 38, you're not going to be doing that anymore. You will have had to make all of the money you're going to make doing that job. Whatever it is, if you're a teacher, if you're a doctor, if you're a carpenter, whatever it is that you do for work. Imagine being 38 years old and being told, you're too old to do this. You're not good at this anymore. You're too old to be good at this. You can't do it anymore. And then you've got 50 more years or so to figure out what to do to make some money. So yeah, these guys make an exorbitant sum. $70 million over four years to play basketball is a lot of money. And no one's complaining about that. But when you're 40 years old... And Evan Turner, and and you're done. Where are you going to get that kind of money? That money's got to last. That money's got to last for the rest of your life. So yeah, I can see these guys saying, "I got to go get mine." And when you see a situation like Boston, and you know that if you come in and work, Brad Stevens and this this staff is going to get the most they can out of you, and you're going to be set up. Maybe it's not with Boston. Maybe it's with somebody else. You're going to get that money if you do what they say. You come in, you put your head down, you work, you play that team ball, you listen to Brad Stevens. Now, in the meantime, you're playing great basketball for the Boston Celtics. And however that ends up working out, great. But I think the Evan Turner story is a really good sign around the league that Boston is a place you can go to have your talent maximized. So great stuff. Uh, I love the way Brad uh, approached that and uh, great stuff from Brad addressing the media earlier this week in Las Vegas. Thanks to Jay King for providing that audio uh, from earlier this week. And thanks to you for listening. 
Jay and I will be back doing our show, our regular show soon. But for now, I ask you once again, if you are not listening on iTunes or Google Play or on whatever app it is that you listen to podcasts on, you can subscribe. That is very easy to do. We have links on redsarmy.com. We have links on Audio Boom where we post our, pay, our, our podcasts. You can go to iTunes or Google Play and just search Locked On Celtics and you'll find it. Uh, we've got the RSS feed on Red's Army and on the Audio Boom site where you can go grab that and plug it into your podcatcher. Very simple. And all we ask in exchange is a five-star rating so we can get the word out there so more people can get this fine programming. All right. I will wrap it up. I have talked enough. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening. As always, this is the Locked On Celtics podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know how. Napa know how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.